Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. This day of double blessing on a Tuesday. We pray, Lord, that you would nourish us with your word and your incredible designs. We pray, Lord, that you create a hunger in us to learn more about you. And in the simple things, in the invisible things, and the visible things, that you would reveal yourself in the most majestic ways, Lord. So, Father God, we come to you as we enter into your word. We thank you that you, Lord, are the greatest artist. You are the scientist, the mathematician. You are all these things. And as we will see within our design and architecture, that your fingerprint is throughout all of your creation, Lord Jesus. So we thank you, Father God, that your name will be praised and, and your word will be edified and that you, our ears will be open to receive this message. We give you all the glory for your magnificent creation. And we thank you, Lord, that you are the God of restoration. You are the God of revival, Lord. And it starts with us when you revive our hearts and our souls. And you line us up into your word. So you keep us in your perfect peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today we're starting a series. Um, we've now completed the Creating Me a Clean Heart. Because obviously it starts with our hearts. But now we're looking at Jesus, the Word of God, our DNA, and the design of creation. So we're going to dabble into many different fields of study. And this is where God has been able to gift me with taking a wide variety of fields and bring them all together and line them up with the Word of God. You know, an academic, you know, they will be able to explain all the specific molecular and scientific things. And for many of us, that's, you know, it's just over our heads. Or a theologian will spend so much time studying, you know, all the nuances, but then they lose just like, like the Pharisees and Sadducees at the time of Jesus. You know, they lost the heart and the intention of the law of God and the word of God. So it's about taking the deep things of God and just putting it into a simple, simple framework that everybody, that a child can understand. So in this thread of studies, we're going to be looking at science, we're going to be looking at nature, we're going to look at biology, we're going to look at anatomy, and we're going to look at mathematics, and we're going to bring all this back into the Word of God and weave the thread. So, as I said, understanding the times through the lens of Scripture is about taking the Word of God, which is light, and focusing the light so that the rays of light will be more um, manifest to us. So, and once we start getting to the, the finer details, we can actually realize how magnificent and glorious this creation is that we live in. So, if we look at um, Colossians, uh, Paul is writing to the Colossae church, and um, you know, Jesus is the word of creation, and he is all in all. 
And Colossians 3, verse 31, and as you know, you should have some Bibles and notes, but otherwise you can take it at the later stage. Colossians 3, verse 11 says, Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bound or free, but Christ is all and in all. And in Colossians 1, verses 15 to 19, it says, Who is the image of the invisible God? The firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And, you know, we ask, why, why did God create this creation that we have? Why did He create the universe and the stars? And it's in Revelations 4, verse 11, it says, For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. For thy pleasure they are and were created. And as we get through this series, we will see how the heavens and the earth and we sing a song to God in the heavens. There is a song that we sing, the song that creation sings to Him. This is the worship that happens in heaven all day long. You know, like those cherubim sing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty all day but everything in creation as we will see sings and resonates this song because if we just look at the word universe what does universe mean you know we use it flippantly but let's just break down the etymology which is the root of the words and we look at uni which as we know is singular or one it's one unity and what is a verse? A verse is a body of metrical writing or a musical arrangement. So we're applying it to letters and the written word, but we also apply it can also be to music as well. So the universe, it is one verse, one word, the word of God. So the word the spoken word, when we speak, there is sound that comes from the word. And the sound is the resonance and the frequency. And so his word and speech, it can also be in notes and music. So this is the word of God. So we're looking at not only the spoken word of God, 
We're looking at the hearing of the Word of God, but then we're also looking at worship and the glory of the Word of God. I mean, this is an image that was taken by the Hubble telescope. And this is just a snapshot, you know, of just a couple of the galaxies. And within each one of these colored dots, there are billions of stars. So it's not just a single star, it's billions of stars. And, and the colors of all of these stars is magnificent. And as we'll get into it, you, you know, you'll see that each one of these stars, God has numbered them. He's named them. He's called them by their name. He's set them in their procession, in their ordinance. And they sing a song to Him. And this is just a snapshot of these, of, of parts of the universe. And you can see the different colors that are coming through. So, if we go right from the beginning of the beginning, we look at, in Genesis 1 verse 1, God says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And in Genesis 1 verse 3, and said, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And 1 verse 14, He said, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. For them shall be signs and for seasons and for days and years. The word creation is in the Hebrew is about the formation. And it says God said, so He spoke into existence everything that is what we see, we hear, we smell, He spoke it into existence. And this word light is not referring to the sun. The sun was only created on day four. The word light here in the Hebrew is or ray, which is the word for light in Hebrew. And it's been twisted in this world by the New Age and other occultic philosophies. That's where they get this word aura from. You've heard about people speaking about your auras. But this is the devil's counterfeit. God created all ray. So this is the light that he speaks about. And when he says, I am the light of the world, he says, I am the all ray of the world. And as Christians, he asks us to be light bearers. He wants us to be the all ray of the world. Not, you know, so it's not the physical sun. Or it's not the physical, you know, so, going right back from the beginning, this light where he separated the light and the darkness is about <coughs> the all rain and, you know, um, but I'll, I'll get into the rest of it. I just wanted to just highlight this fact that it is so important to understand. I always thought that he said, Wait, let there be light. That was the creation of the sun. But it's not. This was before then. So, if we look in... You know, in scientific terms, we talk about the macrocosm and we talk about the microcosm. The macrocosm is like the biggest of all things and the study of the big things like astronomy and all the stars and the galaxies. You know, the, 
you know, that's the study of that. And as we go through this process, you realize how the devil has corrupted this as to how we understand it. But the Word of God explains all of this to the infinite detail, to the letter. So if we look at the astronomy, the bigness of all things, and then we look at the microcosm, the smallest of all things, which we get down to quantum and quantum physics. And for most people, it, that's a science on its own. But basically, they have now discovered through modern, modern science, and the science proves the Bible. But these authors of the Bible who wrote these things didn't know about this. But the Holy Spirit spoke to them and revealed these things. So they've now discovered that the, that the universe is finite. That there are parameters in the universe. And they've also discovered from the quantum physics that matter can only get so small. Because you can only divide, like if you had to take a piece of paper and fold it in half, and then fold it in half again, and fold it in half again. There's only so many times, and go try this at home. How many times can you fold a piece of paper in half? There comes a point where you can no longer fold it anymore. And in the quantum physics, they've now discovered that if they make something so small, it loses what is called locality. So it can no longer attain its lo location. Because even on this pulpit and everything, there's more space between this matter than there is firmness. If you look at the nucleus, the atoms and the electrons, there's more space that is in this space than, than solid. And this is what Paul is talking about in Romans 1, verses 19 and 20. He says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. This is Paul writing this 2,000 years ago. And this is God revealing that in everything that's around us, we should actually realize that there is no excuse, that this is no accident that all of this and the formation is here. So now the question is, is there a mathematical formula that will define, just like each of us have a fingerprint and it is unique, is there a mathematical formula that's going to define, you know, God's signature in creation? And the answer is yes. There is a mathematical formula which you can take from the macrocosm to the microcosm of God's perfect design. And it's not only in all of creation, it's within us as well, in our design. And this sequence of numbers is in the mathematical field. They call it the Fibonacci sequence. And he was a he was a mathematician and astronomer in the Renaissance period, an Italian astronomer. But so modern mathematics have taken his name and calling it. And then another name they call it the golden ratio or the golden spiral. 
And if you look at the, at the design and a lot of the architectures and the pyramids and things like that, they use these formulas. This is part of their ancient knowledge. But where did this come from? This came from God. When you realize this sequence of numbers, and let me explain to you how it works. It basically is a procession of numbers. I don't know if you're familiar with um, kind of cryptography or codes or sequences or number sequencing or equidistance lettering. And you can actually get quite playful with the numbers. You know, in the Pythagoras schools, uh, or the Pythagorean, which is what our, most of our mathematics is based on, is on Archimedes and Pythagoras and um, Euclidean geometry. And if most of our, our understanding of that is based on those Greek mathematicians. So Plato, sorry, well, Plato was the philosopher. So that their belief was philosophy is wisdom. And mathematics is the understanding thereof. So this is why a lot of these things that they would write about, it had an external meaning, but it also had a deeper underlying meaning. And those that were initiated would know what that meant. So if they saw a particular sign or a symbol, they would know, okay, this represents this. And so this now came out, and this is God's ratio. So it basically works. And it works in order of sequence. So you take the first letter, I mean, it's so the first number, and then the next number next to it. And then as it progresses up on the scale, it's the sum of the numbers. So 1 plus 0 is 1. 1 plus 1 equals 2. 1 plus 2 equals 3. 2 plus 3 equals 5. 5 plus 3 equals 8. 8 plus 5 equals 13. 13 plus 8 equals 21. 21 plus 13 equals 34. 34 plus 21 equals 55. 55 plus 34 equals 89. And 89 plus 55 equals 144. Some of these numbers are familiar to us. And this, this is a, a mathematical formula that is in everything. And as you've just heard, that this ratio is in all things. So Jesus is all in all. Through the mathematics thereof. And the devil has come and corrupted this and used this. So we recognize, what, what do we say? Unlucky 13? <laughs> yeah? 21? When you get the keys to whatever, you, you become, you get your keys and you're 21, you adulthood. But what's interesting, yeah, you've got this number 144. This 144 is the 12th progression or summation of these numbers. The 144,000 that we see, 12 in the scripture represents the completed promise of God and the completed consecration like there were 12 disciples, there were 12 tribes and just like there were 12,000 gallons in the molten laver in the temple of Solomon where the priests would cleanse themselves 
very significant. And it's the 12th in the progression of the sequence of numbers. So if we look at 1, 2, 3, 4, 21 being the 7th in the sequence, which 7 in the scripture represents God's completed works and entering into his rest. He created all creation in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. So if we could take the mathematics thereof, and now if we do a diagram of this, and so if we take the, the scale is, is one to one, so one centimeter equals one. So you've got one plus one is two. Two plus one is three. Two plus three is five. And then five uh, plus three is eight. And then it continues. Eight plus five is thirteen, etc. And this this spiral, so if you had to take the corners of each of those squares, you end up with this spiral in the mathematical formulas. Look at this. What do we have here? That's just one galaxy. His fingerprint is in all things. And, you know, David understood this. In, in, in the book of Psalms, David is talking about the law of the Lord, that it is perfect. And he says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the, the firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day uttereth speech, and night unto night showeth knowledge. And there is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their line is gone throughout all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he set a tabernacle for the sun. So I just want to go past, the, and it, we will come back to that Psalm 19. But so... God has shown his handiwork throughout the fabric of creation. And one of the things that's interesting is um, in the book of Job, you know, when Job speaks, when God speaks to Job, he speaks out of the whirlwind. So in Job 38 verse 1, it says, The Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, and in Job 40 verse 6, it says, Then answered the Lord unto Job, Out of the whirlwind and said. So the whirlwind refers to that place where God is spoken. Look at this. This is a cyclone, or a hurricane in the northern hemisphere. The same design. The same spiral in the clouds, in the storms. The tornadoes. They follow the same ratio as these number sequence. Perfectly. Every single storm that's formed is like this. Or of these cyclones or hurricanes. But now we, we take it a little bit further. Musical notes follow the sequence as well. So if we had to take the keyboard, and you say even the musical notes and keys... This is the real sound of music. 
in the design of the keyboard. So if we had to take an octave, which most of you take from middle C, and you take an octave of that, within that octave, <coughs> you will have, you know, and, and I'll get into the solfeggio scale and the sound, but I just wanted to highlight this to you, and because they call that what's called the perfect circle of sound. But you've got from your middle C, so you've got, you know, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So, La, Ti, Do, the solfeggio scale, which we all learned. So we take those keys. We've got eight white keys, and then we've got five black keys. So we've got the sharp and the flat in the black keys. And eight and five is God's ratio number. And if you add those two together, it comes to 13 notes in an octave. Also, part of the ratio. So the scale of music is exactly the same. And this is the music, how it all ties in. So if we're not thinking of the Word of God, speaking it, and the music and the worship, it all ties in to His perfect design. And now we look at the ratio in the heavens. Now this is just overlaying the spiral. So the galaxies, we've actually got two spirals that are coming together. And then they're spiraling out from the center. And that's what you've got, is that ratio in that perfect design. And every galaxy follows this formula. Where are we now? We're in Africa. Look at the continent of Africa. The same design here on earth. In the landfall. The formation. The same spiral. So not only in the heavens, but in the firmament on the earth. This signature still exists. In the greater things, this is a whole continent. This didn't happen by accident. And this is all throughout creation. I can carry through the list. You look at snail shells, galaxies, ferns, flowers, roses, as the flower opens up, the succulents, the cactus, the same spiral ratio, even a pineapple. The seahorse and its tail, you know, all of these flowers and the hurricanes. The same pattern, the way the wind blows, even the way the waves break on the ocean, follow the same ratio. So you could see throughout all the design, and now we're going to start getting into, you know, our design. So in the creation of the bigger things and the invisible things, uh, Everything ties together. And there is no mystery for God because it's, it's, it's all revealed in His Word. And then once we start reading His Word and we look at around us the simple things, we can just see His fingerprint is everywhere. I mean, you're never going to look at the flower the same way as it opens up. You know, and everything you realize that His handiwork is manifest to be seen. And now we get into the sound of God. A ram's horn. This in the Hebrew is what is called a shofar. Okay? And this is a ram's horn. And the shape of this ram's horn follows the same spine. The same sound 
that resonates through this. And this was the, the instrument that the priests use in the design of the ram's horn. So, and if we look in Exodus chapter 10, it says, When morning came, and on the third day there was a thunder and lightning, with a heavy cloud over the mountain, and a very loud sound of a ram's horn, and all the people in the camp trembled. And Moses brought the people to, from the camp to meet God, and they stood at the base of the mountain. And Mount Sinai was completely enveloped in smoke, because the Lord had come down with fire on it. And smoke went up from it like from a kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently, as the sound of the ram's horn grew louder and louder. Moses would speak, and God would answer with thunder. So if we're taking these principles into, and, and we'll get more into the voice of God being like the voice of many waters, and like the voice of thunder, and we'll get into the waters and what are the states of water. But this is just giving you an indication there's no accident about this. Look at this. Our human ear, the outside of our ear. What does the Bible say? Faith comes from hearing the Word of God. The same design in every one of our ears. The same formula is applied. And if we look at the, you know, the first victory that the people had when they entered into the Promised Land, you know, after the wilderness wanderings and they went into Jericho, this was led by the priests. Not by the generals. God gave Joshua instructions. And it was the priests who led the march. They led the congregation. So in Joshua 6 verses 5 it says, And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast on the ram's horn, and ye hear the sound of the trumpet, and all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. This is the model of God's breakthrough. It is led by the priests, not the generals. The sound of the word of God brings faith and breakthrough in every circumstance. So this is actually one of the greatest weapons that we have against the enemy is this resonating sound and it has a, a very particular sound. You get different types of shofars. You get what are called Yemenite shofars which are made from like antelope horns whether it be Yelant or Kudu or Impala. You know, it's like a hollowed out horn. But this particular ram's horn makes a unique sound. So, but what's interesting, if we look as hard as sound travel, and we look at now not from only our outer ear, let's look at what's inside our ear. And inside our ear is what's called a cochlea. Okay, and that's in your inner ear. So the sound travels through our ear into our inner ear. This follows the same design. 
that cochlea is that same pattern. But also, here they actually call it um, a spiraling unicorn horn. And this is where the corruption of unicorn comes from. Because it's God's design. Because you see, remember, that spiral is a two-dimensional flat drawing. It's plane geometry, if you want to call it that. Now we take it into three dimensions. What do you have? You have a spiral. And this is what this is. This is in each of us, in our ears. So when the Word of God resonates in our ears, we hear this Word. And it enters into us, into the same spiral. Absolutely amazing. And if we look at Psalm 139, one of my particular favorite psalms, and it says, It was you who formed my internal organs and fashioned me within my mother's womb. I praise you because you are fearfully and your wonderful work and wondrous, and your work is wonderful, and I am fully aware of it. My frame was not hidden from you while I was being crafted in the hidden place, knit together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes looked upon my embryo, and everything was recorded in your book. The days scheduled for my formation were inscribed even though not one of them has yet to come how deep are your thoughts god how great is their number were i to count them they would be more than the sand and when i awake i will be with you this is written three thousand years ago I mean, David lived a thousand years B.C., before Christ. And he revealed this in these verses. The formation of each and every one of us. And as I've said previously, our God is not a God with a lot of time. He is outside of time altogether. Time, in modern science, is, it's a dimension. Just as you have, you have the three-dimensional space, time is also a dimension. So God sees the end from the beginning all simultaneously. So the plan and the calling on each of our lives happened before we were even born. Before the foundation of the world, God had a calling and a plan for each of us. And this is what David is alluding to here, is that <clears throat> my days of my formation were inscribed even though not one of them has, yet to come, has come yet. So let's just end on this most beautiful, beautiful thing. So we're looking at from the water of the womb. The design of the embryo and the way the embryo, the baby grows inside a mother, is exactly the same. The umbilical cord that connects the mother to the child in the water of the womb that nourishes and feeds the baby follows exactly the same ratio. Right from the birth. From conception. And if we look at the detail of this, the baby in the mother's womb, and if you look at the umbilical cord, now we've looked at the structure of the heart 
and the different chambers of the heart and how the blood pumps in the oxygen depleted blood and then pumps out the, into the lungs which gives the breath the life and then back into the, the, the left side of the heart into the rest of the body. Look how the placenta and the, the umbilical cord work with the baby in a mother's womb. Is within the umbilical cord are three main vessels, three strands. Try unity. We've got two strands, which are the venous system, which remove all the CO2 and the impurity, and then we've got one which brings all the oxygen-rich blood. And if we look where the oxygen-rich blood goes on the baby, it goes into where? The heart and the lungs and the brain. And then it pumps back out from the heart into the umbilical cord, all within the womb. God's design and His hand is on everything in everything. And I'm going to end here with this, because His beauty of creation is just so phenomenal. And His design. And we will go through our skeleton structure, we're going to get into our DNA, but how wonderful and awesome is our God. And if we just take the time to give Him the glory and appreciate His perfection, His perfect design, and He honors that. And for those who are mothers and parents, you know, for me, this is... One of the things that changed my life was to witness the birth of my child and then to cut her umbilical cord. It was the most remarkable thing I ever experienced. And, you know, as men, we, couldn't, we can't carry the baby, but as a father, to do that to, to our child the fruit of our loins, the seed of our loins. There could be nothing more beautiful than as a mother who's carried her child. But all of this is in God's incredible design. So, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Take your glory. <laughs> no, I'm giving digestible size chunks here. But this is how amazing. You can take from the big to the small and just in everything we weave this thread. And we take it for granted. And I, one of the questions I've always asked is like, why don't they teach us this stuff at school? Yeah? You know? This is what we really should be knowing about. Because this is God's design. And this is now coming to this whole concept of intelligent design versus evolution. And so evolution came about, and in later studies I will get into the roots of evolution and where it came and why it is. But essentially, what evolution does it denies the creator. So people are not accountable for a higher being. Jehovah, our God, our creator. And so 
if you remove that accountability and you remove that intelligent design and say that this is a process that happened over so many and you know I'll get into the absolute, absolute statistical impossibilities for life to exist as it is in its form. Evolution is the most ludicrous, ludicrous if you with a logical mind apply to it. The science proves otherwise. Intelligent design in everything. And I know Avery is an educator, you would appreciate this. Because this is the kind of stuff that's not in textbooks. But it's for us to also take this to pass on to our children. And to say that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Right down to the finest molecule. What an awesome God we serve. Are there any questions for anyone? Any needs or concerns? We just want to pray for you before you're healing them today. And your restoration. Because he does. He restores. Thank you. Does anyone else and your daughter? Okay. And Paul. And Paul, yes, who's his name for his operation today? Your daughter's name? Cameron. Cameron. Anyone else got a need? I think we should just pray and just give God some glory. And uh, feel free communal prayer for. Hi, Heavenly Father. We have no words to describe your magnificence. How you have gone to the greatest lengths to reveal to us who you are from the visible and invisible things, Lord. And you deserve all the glory and honor. And how awesome and majestic. And how everything fits together perfectly knitted. That you weave your tapestry throughout the fabric of your creation. And that you bind everything together through your son Jesus, the word of God. So Father, you know our hearts you know, our thoughts and intentions, Lord. And this day, I just lift up your children, Lord. Because we are all your children, formed and created by you. I lift up Havery before you, Lord. You know exactly her design, you know her body. You created everything. You can count the numbers of hairs on her head. You've inscribed her on the palms of your hands. And I just pray, Lord, that you would bring complete restoration from within, Lord. That you restore, you refill, you refresh, you revive the heart within her. And that you would then restore her body to the way you designed it, Lord. In all of its perfection, Father God. I pray for Paul, who is going to go into operation tomorrow. I pray, Lord, that you would give the surgeons the wisdom, and that you would guide them, and that you would place your hand of covering protection, Lord, over him. And I pray, Lord, most of all, that you would draw him closer to you, 
and that you would bring his heart into a right attitude with you, Lord. Your word promises that the faith of a wife will bring the husband into your family, Lord. And the prayers of a mother will, will go down to their children and that through our generations, Lord, the promises that you make to us apply to our generations. So I lift up our children and our offspring. I lift up Taryn. I understand the darkness of addiction, Lord. I understand the enemy's claws, the hooks that he's placed in us to go there because we don't have your light shining in us. There's a void that's within us that you create that only you can fill. So I pray, Lord, that you would fill her with your light and your Holy Spirit, that the seeds that have been sown into her life and the words that have been spoken and the prayers that have been cried out to you to bring this family to the way you want it to be, Lord Jesus. I just pray that you would bring all of this into existence because your will is not for anyone to perish. Your will is not for anyone to be astray, but rather keep us in your light, your array, Lord, and let us be your light vessels and your light bearers to others. And let us take the opportunity to use the chances that we have to minister into other people's lives. Let us be ready to preach the word in season and out of season. If you prompt us, we know, we know your voice, we have heard your voice. The sheep know the voice of their shepherd. And we, as we hear, we will speak life into others. And that is what it is to be a Christian, to be a son and a daughter of yours, to speak life in truth and love as we combine all these things together. Lord, let there be life and let there be light in this world. Let there be light in this community. Let there be light in our fellowship, Lord, through all of us. Because it always starts with, with, with me, Lord. I need to be the first one to change. How can others change if I'm not prepared to? So, Lord, start this work within each of us and increase the garden in our hearts. And we give you glory for who you are and for your promises. And we thank you that you hear our prayers and answer them, Lord. In Jesus' name, I give you all the praise. You deserve all honor and glory, Lord. Thank you for reminding us again of your touch, your presence in everything you have created, uh, and that you are out there, but also in us through the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that we can rely on that and ask you to lead us, dear Holy Spirit, to remain in, under your control and to do those things which are pleasing to you. Thank you.
ask it in Jesus' name. Thank you that we have been reminded again of your, your unbelievable creative power in everything. And we thank you for giving us your word so that we may understand more and more about you, that we can trust you, our creator. More and more. Help us in that, Lord, so that we can stand firm with your light shining in us and through us. Thank you, Lord, for your beauty, for your power, and that we may understand little bits of it. We are so small in comparison to your greatness, and yet you love us so much that you were prepared to die for us. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. You are magnificent. Yes. And we are so privileged to just to know what you about it. Thank you, Lord. You are great. And you are so caring. We, we worship you. Yes, God is good all the time. You know our needs before we even express them. And you alone can enough us if we have faith, if we trust you, Lord. Help us to be trusting. Help us to never waver. Help us not to turn our backs. Because you never do. Praise you, Father God. Praise you, Almighty One. You are the King of Kings. Yes, Lord. Oh, Lord God, we just lift you up today. Yes, Lord. All the praise. Yes, you alone are deserving of our blessings. Thank you, Father. Thank you that you are our Father. And that you never, ever Never do. Father, we have no human words to praise you. You are so great, we just want to fall on our knees in awe because you are so wonderful. And we have no concept of your greatness. We are so tiny, just tiny specks here on earth in your great creation. But yet, you love us, you reach out to us, and you give us your love without asking anything. So we just come to you and ask you, like Barbara did just now, to help us to stand firm in the faith and forgive us our lack of trust and that we sometimes fall back on earthly things instead of keeping our eyes on you. <coughs> Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful get-together here this morning. I want to ask your blessing on Craig. Thank you, Lord, that we can share in this wonderful wisdom. Amen. Thank you, Lord.
a day that you've made and we will rejoice in it, Lord. And we thank you for all the truths that have been exposed, Lord. The truths that many of us have known, but Father, to see them being proven in a scientific way as well. Father, we just thank you for your truth, Lord. And Father God, I pray that, that you will help us with the help of the Holy Spirit to walk in your ways, Lord. That we will hear your voice and no other. And that we will do what you have asked us to do, Father. Father God, I ask, I ask that you help us to hear your voice and be immediately obedient. Because Father, that is your, that's what you require of us, obedience. And so Father, we just want to thank you for this wonderful word that we've just received, Lord. And Father, I pray that these, these seeds will grow deeply in our hearts, Lord. That they will have excellent soil, Lord. And that they will not fall along the wayside. Father, that they will truly be much fruit, Father. Father, empower us to be your hands and feet in the community. Yes, and use us, help us to hear and do what you have called us to do. In Jesus' name. Yes. And Father, we just pray a blessing over Craig, Lord. <clears throat> Father, we ask that you will um, bless him, protect him, help him in everything that he does, Lord. You know his deepest desires. And Father God, I just ask that you will give him the deep desires of his heart, Lord. And Father, the passion with which he teaches, Lord, that you will continue to use him in that way, in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, for all those that weren't here today, Father, we call the people in so that they can hear your truth, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, you are the one who gives increase, Lord. You know, we just have to be obedient. You know, we we the seed sowers and we had a little bit of water. But you are the one who brings increase. And Lord, you never have to advertise a fire. Yes. You are the you are the fire starter, Lord. So Lord, I just pray, Lord, that from these meetings that you will draw those people that you would have come here, Lord. Even if it's just one that hears your word. Because, Lord, you are in the business of changing lives, not just touching us. You change us forever. And so I just pray, Lord, that, that you would bring increase to all of these seeds in our hearts. You know, our relationship with you and our intimacy with you is not an intellectual exercise. But yet within the most complicated science, you show your simplicity so what is wisdom in this world? This is foolishness to you. And you're going to use the foolishness of the world or, or your foolishness to confine the wisdom of the world. How beautiful are you? How magnificent are you? And thank you, Lord, that you just give us just a small glimpse of your infinite wisdom each day. And I just pray, Lord, that you would just bring fullness in the measure of faith and the measure of grace in each of us here today, Lord. And we give you all the glory for this time that we could spend with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Glory. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for the time that you offer.